Hi everyone and welcome to the Shopstall podcast, a podcast for woodworkers and the maker community in general. This is episode number 38 and also the season finale for season one. My name is Robin Lewis from RobinLewisMakes.com. I'm joined by uh, John Crawford from Periodic Furniture Studio. I almost got there. Hello. <laughs> uh, we last year in the recording on uh, YouTube every Tuesday evening at 7 p.m. Australian Eastern Standard Time or UTC plus 10, or you can watch or listen to it later on YouTube, iTunes, or SoundCloud. I want to say hello to everyone in the chat. We'll get to your comments uh, and questions towards the end of the show, but feel free to chat amongst yourselves. The idea being that this is also a place for people to meet. So, um, I guess the, the, the biggest announcement and pretty much what we're going to revolve the show around is um, everything all right there, Jordan? I've just, I've just had a big dropout from you and you've just come back, so I don't know what okay. you said. Okay, well, I was busy introing the show. We've got to the announcement section and I was just about to say, um, and this is perfect. This is just, this is the most amazingly perfect timing for us to discuss why the season is coming to an end. Um, so yeah, this, this is the season, season one finale. We, uh, we weren't going to bring this, this season to an end as soon as we did, but we've decided we're going to, uh, we'll get into a little bit more detail later. Um, but that's basically what we're going to be talking about in this show. So let's start off with, uh, talking about what we've been doing. Okay. John? Uh, I've been doing a lot of R and D, um, as everyone who is a regular listener knows my re imagination of, uh, my surfboard venture is well underway now. And yeah, it's been a really productive two weeks since our last episode. So I've managed oh, to R and D basically all of my core kits, um, as far as the production goes, uh, I've discovered a few things which are a hindrance, but they've also opened up the, the like door for opportunity at the same time. So back when I made my first couple of boards about three years ago, Polonia was just everywhere to be found in WA. Um, and, you know, it was, it was cheap, it was easy to get, it wasn't like a, a hard wood to find in any means. But this time around when I... I went looking for it. All of the Polonia plantations have just been bulldozed and burnt. No one is selling it. And the companies that are selling it are like the companies like Cedarclad who are selling it for architectural uh, purposes. And, you know, they import direct and then distribute as a pre-finished panel. So I went down the path of finding uh, out if those companies that do have it would have factory seconds because I don't, I don't need five mm. meter lengths of a grade stuff i just need Pristine, stuff clear. which i can yeah. laminate together uh, it, sorry sorry to interrupt is yeah. i thought polonia was a local well, uh, wood yeah it grows really i mean it's a chinese wood native to china um, oh okay i just it assumed it was australia really well here and in queensland it seems to be the only place where it's still somewhat easy to find um mm. but through this whole thing i've actually did the finance, did the cost analysis, did everything and compared to, you know, what, what we can do here and I've actually got the finance to import my own bulk lot from uh, a factory which is FSC approved and everything like that mm -hmm. in China and that has brought my cost down dramatically and also means that the work that's involved is way less because I'm buying them in panels which are already the 6mm thickness uh, I don't need to resaw anything. They're already three meters long. I don't need to glue anything, and they're they're glued to get the panels, but 300 mil wide, so it's kind of modular. Yeah, so yeah. say that Robin, you wanted to buy a longboard, uh, like a mini mail kit, you'd just need it to be 600 wide. So you'd get four pieces of that to do your top. Uh, your, sorry, two pieces of that to get your top deck, two pieces of that to get your bottom deck, and you just glue yeah. them together. So. Mm. As far as that goes, it's a much easier um, way of doing it. It means that I'm now going from just selling plywood frame kits to complete kits, which I think will improve my chances of getting, you know, more customers. Mm. But yeah, it's been a been a big admin heavy two weeks with all of that sort of stuff. But I'm really excited. Like I'm feeling so good. Spring has kind of sprung here, so I managed to get out on the weekend and go for a really long walk in the sun and yeah, went cool. out and had lunch in the like it was just recharge the batteries, which is really needed. 
after a yeah. horribly cold and miserable winter. <laughs> <laughs> Are we considered in spring now? No, we've still, still got it? like two, three weeks, but... I mean, yeah, okay. today, today is reclaimed winter. It's absolutely disgusting today. But the last two days were just <laughs> glorious. Yeah. We, we, we were 30 degrees yesterday. Um, so I, I just think it just, winter just forgot that it was still winter. And yeah. it just, we just in, immediately turned to summer. So, yeah, that's what I ask. Um, with the, with the, the boards, I know in the past you've mentioned that um, the, the wood that you're using... Yeah is slightly uh, inconsequential because it gets covered with resin. So why is, what's the, the dyeing need to use polonia when you could just use something else? Weight and strength. So polonia has a weight of about 264 kilograms per cubic meter, mm -hmm. which if you compare that to um, like something like Jara, for example, I think that's up about 1.2 tonne. Oh, geez, it's, so it's that. It's, it's margin, well, depending on which region, it's marginally heavier than balsa wood, but its strength compared to balsa wood is like uh. exponentially greater. So it's got all the properties that you want. And then if you compare that to another light wood like Western Red Cedar, cedar has like a wicking agent. So if it does get wet, it will want to absorb that moisture where polonia is actually somewhat water resistant and it won't do that mm. wicking effect. So it's just like an all-round good wood for this application because it's super lightweight, it's super strong. It means that we can get the veneers to be fairly thin and keep the board weight. Instead of being 300% heavier than a traditional surfboard, it's only like 30 to 40% heavier, which is... And does that weight affect how the board maneuvers and works or is it more just a, so you can throw it on the top of your car uh it does to a degree like buoyancy especially when you, i mean when you're looking at an sup board we're looking at like 140 liters not many people are going to be 140 kilos riding an sup board so in this sort of scale it's probably mm. not such a bad thing uh, such an important thing having the weight savings but what it does allow as opposed to a traditional fiberglass board is that it has a lot of flex in it so it's a different ride experience for one but the way that it contours a little bit to the ocean that when you're paddling it's it's a different experience as well which adds to it and that's where Floney is awesome because it has that tensile strength but it also has a lot of torsion strength mm. okay and there's no there's no like engineered timber that you could use um uh, i guess you wouldn't get engineered timber that thin would you no, I mean, you can get... There is a balsa plywood, but its minimum thickness is pretty... I think it's like 12 mil, which is twice the mm. thickness that I'm, I'm using. And it also kind of takes away from the fun of it. Like, we're doing strip-length kind of construction mm. in the workshops anyway. When I'm building a board for someone, I'm vacuum-bagging panels. But, you know, when you come and attend a workshop... We do it the more hands-on approach, which is one board at a time and getting a pattern and making yeah. this your canvas, essentially. So, I saw, talking about vacuuming, I saw your picture on Instagram. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that was painful. I mean, luckily it's an R&D board and it was just with plywood because obviously the pony is not here yet. But yeah, mm. I, uh, I, got, I turned away for two seconds. And I heard a crack and I turned around and by the time I registered that that's the uh, plywood literally crushing the frame kit, it was a bit late. So I, I've installed oh, so the blue valve. So it was actually the... I just thought it was one of the veneers had buckled and I didn't realise that the oh, frame no. had buckled yeah, as well. Yeah. So it crushed the top veneer, it crushed that and cracked it all the way through. Mm. And then... It's behind me. Uh, three of the ribs were crushed as well. Sure. Yep. You, so. your, your vacuum pack's got no chill <laughs> man I, I've never used my vacuum this vacuum pump like this is one I picked up through three years ago when I first started this plan and I had it on for ages um, thinking oh man this isn't working and then I realised the other end of my bag wasn't sealed and then I, I sealed it up properly and within a minute this thing was at full vacuum which is crazy but yeah. this is a three metre long bag like, there's a lot of volume that this little pump's moving. It's, it's awesome. It's ex-hospital. So those, those bags, do you, can you use that for gluing up um, 
I guess you wouldn't you wouldn't use it for doing like edge jointing or something. You've got to use traditional clamps for that. But yeah. if you were to make your own plywood, that's all. That's what or veneer. Yeah, that's what yeah. you'd be using, right? Yeah, for veneering and stuff. I mean, traditionally plywood is usually like in a press. But as long as you have a really good substrate, which the bag is dead flat on, you could vacuum bag your own composites, your own mm. basically anything. And this is. This system is in designed for like resin infusion. So it actually you insert resin at one end and then it injects it and sucks it all the way through. Ah. And then you get like 100% contact with this wet resin. It's something that's way beyond me though. I'm just using it for pressing essentially. Mm, interesting. Ex inter uh, Leroy just said ex-hospital has a dead carbine in there. Oh. I hope not because I don't... Is that what they do with the bodies when they want to get rid of them? They just chuck them <laughs> they in there and they just, in, yeah. they just shrink down to a singularity by the sounds of this, this pump. <laughs> the, uh, the oil, when I changed the oil, it was pretty yellow and I thought, this looks like liposuction fat. Please tell me it's not. <laughs> <laughs> so um, Ian's just said um, wood knight, so that's Paul Jenkins, used a vacuum bag for his... Um, game table panels and that's what that's what i was trying to remember I, I know i've seen someone using bags in the past yeah um yeah it was paul i think i don't know if paul's got a new one since the last time i saw him but he was using like a hand evacuating pump i don't think he had like an external pump it was a it was a pretty cool system that he was oh, using okay. it meant that you could do it with just a bag and this you know uh for wine bottles when you suck the air out mm. it's essentially one of those things as well I don't know if he's got a new system since then, but yeah, that, yeah that's a that, cool that, system. That game table um, that he did, that's quite a new one, so it could be a new system. Yeah, mm. but it's good fun. So with the, because um, I know you've got you've got the the kits for sale, you've got the boards for sale, and you've got the classes. Yeah. Of those three, is there uh, is there much traction yet, or have you not reached that stage? Uh, you know, you're not really marketing it yet. Um, you just dropped out for that whole thing, but something about marketing. <laughs> With, <laughs> you've got the three things on the go. You've got the, the, um, the boards for sale. Yep. You've got the kits for sale, and you've got the classes. Right. Of those three, is any one of them sort of, um, you know, are the sales doing well, or have they started, or have you not got to that stage that you're actually doing that yet? Uh, I haven't got to that stage yet. Um, boards, at this stage, I'm not doing boards. I'm just doing the, the kits and the classes. Um, but I'm heavily thinking about saying that, well, if you would rather me build the board for you, I can do it at the same price. So, you know, if mm. the course is 1800 bucks to build your own, then it's 1800 bucks for me to build it for you as well. Um, and I think that will work quite well. But no, no sales have started yet because of the fact that I'm still in the development stages and that my Polonia, which I've put the deposit on, hasn't actually been delivered yeah. to a ship. As soon yeah, as course. I know that that has been, um, like, you know, they've met their end of the deal and it's on a boat, then I'm going to open up pre-orders and I'll kind of hit the, the marketing thing pretty heavy with, I'm thinking, like, two for one. Because who wants to come and do a, a build-your-own-board course by yourself when you could do it with your mate? But the, they would still be paying for their own materials? No, so they would pay the cost of one, but both of them would leave with a finished product. Because initially oh, right, it's okay. really important to get that word of mouth out there. Mm. So, I mean, yeah, I'll be operating at a loss, but at least it's getting kind of people out there. And think about, what about doing corporate events as well? I don't know if that's something you could do, um, team building events. Uh, that's actually a really good idea. I didn't even think about that. Um, yeah, like, yes. You know, your big companies do outings every now and then, team building yeah. exercises. I mean, that would be a really awesome sort of thing for even like a, a surf shop, a, high, a mainstream surf shop to do for their team. You oh, know, yeah, like, but I mean, not even like... Like I've, being in the IT industry, being you know in that real corporate world, I've been to all kinds of crazy team building things that were very far removed from IT. You know, swinging right? from trees and paintball and and all that sort of thing. So yeah, it's it's a it's a pretty good thing. And I, and and I just thought of that because you were talking about the word of mouth thing. If you can get into that, that that like scene. Yeah. You, you might, that word of mouth will spread and then everyone's going to want to be doing it. So. No, I really like that idea. I didn't even mm. think about doing corporate team building stuff, which is, yeah, it's 
brilliant. I've written that down mm. on my bench. So now it's cool. permanent. It's on the bench. It's basically on the. It's, that's what's it. it? It's in the pool room. That's, what, that's it. <laughs> um, yeah. All right, cool. So, so what else? Anything else going on? Uh, uh, there's some small stuff that's been built for clients, but nothing very exciting. You know, a table base and a picture frame. Ah, uh, yeah, that's that right. We were, talk, we were talking table bases last time. Yeah. So, no, not a huge amount going on um, other than this new venture of epic proportions. Cool. Yeah. Cool. What about you? I think. So two two things. Um, I am like I am so close to releasing a video. I was trying to get it done before tonight's podcast, but I just couldn't get to it. Um, just been super busy. Um, I've been traveling for work quite a bit, which is why we didn't have an episode last week. I was in um, Adelaide over Tuesday, um, but. Yes, yeah, so I've got this this video coming out. It's the split level coffee table that I've been talking oh, about yeah. for weeks now. I'm excited for that. I like the look. You know, and I talk and I talked about this in the video, how this table was very much a learning experience for me because I would never have made a table like that. Mm. And when I looked at that design, I was like, "This is awful." I would. Why would anyone want this? But all right, off we go. And by the end of it, I think it's amazing. It's turned out yeah. to be such a cool, um, such a cool design. So. As part of the, as part of the, you know, I guess when you when you do, when you're being paid to do this as a as a day job, people come to you and say, I want you to build this monstrosity, and you have to take it because it's paid work. In in saying that, it was almost this really cool, humbling moment where I had to sit back and think, actually, I I don't. I don't know enough about this yet to be able to say that design is not going to work. Mm. It was only when I saw it full scale, fully built, that I went, actually, this design is good. Yeah. But I couldn't picture it that far ahead. Because you, you did SketchUp for this one as well, right? Yeah, yeah, I did. So I, I put that into the video, which I thought was really nice. I see all these guys, when they do videos like the Frank Howards and stuff, they've got their designs. And now finally I can put my design yeah. in there. Like, yeah, I'm a professional. And do the, uh, what, what's it called? The Ken, Ken Burns or something effect where it zooms in. and Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I'm stoked. I mean, I sometimes find, I don't know if, if you've, like by the sounds of it, you've experienced the same thing, but... A SketchUp drawing can either be a really like good impression of what it's going to look like, but you're still blown away when the physical item has been built. Like it's built exactly as the model, but it looks so different. Yeah, yeah. Um, because even though your, even though that table was is put, is to scale, and you know you've got that little picture of the mannequin next to it so you can see what it's yeah, going to look yeah. like in relation you still yeah you still just cannot get that that 100 percent uh, feel and i guess that i guess that's where prototyping comes in yeah um but I, and one other thing as well that i think you it's hard to tell and I mean, maybe this would come with experience the the wood that i used this whatever this oak was was also just amazing mm. i've never worked with wood like that so and maybe that's just because I'm a woodworker, but to me, that was a huge selling point. And that advice that you gave me about the oil, because they went with an oil finish. Yeah, yeah. Amazing. Yeah, it so does a good finish. I put, I put like proper hours into sanding that. And I reckon that the sheen, the consistency of the sheen on that timber was better than any, any wipe on poly table I've done. No, oh, I mean, oil, you can get some of the best finishes out, but yeah, prep is where it's all at. And if you put the time into it, it pays mm. off, as you've just found out. And, and when you've got a nice big surface area like that, that you can really, you can really buff up. Mm. Um, yeah, it looked, and I've had a couple of people, and, and that's why I'm thanking you, because I had a couple of people say, wow, dude, like the, 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 the finish on that is just amazing. Mm. How did you do that? And yeah, it's just, and it was, I think it was, um, two coats, yeah, yeah, it was two coats. Um, but the fir after the first coat, it looked amazing already. Yeah, because yeah. before I even put the oil on, the timber already had a gloss, uh, you know, sort of a, yeah, a sheen kind of to burnished it. it a little bit. Yeah, so I I can see now why people go the oil route because mm. it's so easy to apply, and you end up with this this luster that makes all the other polyurethanes just look like plastic. Yeah. 
I mean, I, I'm very quickly becoming a convert to oil, especially with this new Rubio thing, because it goes, the distance it goes is phenomenal, but the finish I'm getting off it is just as good as a spray. But the thing is, is that I'm done, I walk away, some dust lands on it, doesn't matter. Just, just yeah. rub it off. So it's like yeah. all of this boxed off area, I don't need that anymore. I can just use that as a useful space and finish wherever it sits. I'm, now, I'm what, happened, what happens with, with uh, glasses, with condensation, um, or I guess moisture in general, how does it affect the oil? Because I know with the, the, I've, I've heard that it's shellac is the one that really yeah, shows that. Yeah, Polyurethane, I've never, on all the tables that I've made, I've never seen any cup marks and I've been pretty liberal with it. And what happens with the oil? Do you need to be I, careful? I think you can get dark spots under it, but it's a little bit easier to repair because what it's actually doing is it's drawing more moisture up through the wood. So you can actually kind of dry it out with an iron, you know, put a tea towel oh. down and then iron it out and it fixes it. Whereas with shellac, it's actually in the finish. But to be honest, like I, now that you say it, I've got probably six or seven pieces in my home which I've built and finished with just oil, and I never use a coaster with hot drinks, and I'm addicted to drinking tea. Like, you know, the minute that cup's yeah. empty, it's back, back with tea, uh, <laughs> and I have no rings. So, I think maybe it's kind of starting to be a thing of the past with that sort of stuff because of hardeners and all that sort of cool stuff. The technology that adding and the finishes. Yeah. 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 I mean, yeah, because I've never I've never seen it before, and that's why um, when I was giving it to the or when I was going through the different finishes for the for the the, the clients, it was it was either water based poly, mm -hmm. the uh, uh, oil based poly, or oil. And the first question is, what's going to happen to the cups? And I went, it'll be fine, but you can't quote me on that because yeah. I, d I don't know. I've never used it, but I've never seen one, uh, you know, a, a ring before. No, I mean, I think the only thing that you probably would be careful about is red wine stains, like ring stains if you have red wine, because oil isn't going to produce like a film finish, unless it's like a Danish oil, which does, but not mm. really. It's more of a half film finish. Um, so it could get into the pores, and then you would have a really hard time cleaning that out without sanding it back. Um, but, you know, anything that's clearing all that i wouldn't be worried about interesting um yeah so there's that and oh yeah and then the other thing this is this is super cool and i'm, I'm so excited to be telling the story because since day one that we started this pod, podcast i've always been the guy who's you know as much as you guys have hard times with business you still have a business yeah right? this is still your business i've always been the guy still transitioning into that phase Anyway, the, the person that I made this coffee table for, someone that they know came to them and said, oh, would Rob be able to make me a sandwich board for my shop? Hey. And now, obviously, I'm As not saying like that. As in like an A-frame advertising yeah. material thing. Yeah, okay. With a, with a chalkboard on it so they could write on it. Now, obviously, I'm not saying that I'm going to quit my job tomorrow, but this is that, this is that word down. of mouth. Mm -hmm. This is that step that you've got to take. So... Um, I haven't actually quoted them on it yet. I've given them a rough idea of the price and now I'm just waiting to hear back. But this is that. All right, so, so it's gone from one person to two people mm -hmm. and, and we just now i just got to hope that this continues. That's it. And if you, I mean, this is something I'm really bad with, but put it on the back of everything that you make. Just make sure you affix contact information for you because, you know, someone... So, sorry, what do you mean? Like, you know, so on the A-frame, on the inside, where it's not going to be seen, like, first sight, put on the back of it, like, either a business card or something, just so if someone wants it four years down the line and they say, oh, I can't remember who, they got, who made this, and they pick it up, oh, look, there's his maker's mark, and it's got all your details. Are you talking about, like, a, like a, 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 a stamp imprint? Or yeah, like a stamp. Sticky taping or a bent business card to it. <laughs> You know, I've done it. I've done both things actually. Like on on right. bench seats, you know, under the apron, I've just stapled my business card onto it before before I had like emblems made up. And the the client doesn't complain that you are. No, you can't see it. Doing so, some clandestine marketing there. No, it's like the you're the artist and this is your signature. You got to put it on mm. there somewhere. And okay. 
because this is also like your driving force for a, like you know potential career path mm. you gotta seize every opportunity you can to get some recognition out there well you definitely make a good point about the business card i must remember that when i deliver to get a couple business cards as well just mm. so that when people come in and see it and go oh that's amazing I wonder if this guy will be able to make my $2,000 dining table. Um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> then the card is there, off you go. Yeah. Do it. So it's, pro- it's probably going to be made out of uh, Merbau, just because yep. it's easy to get hold weather of. resistant. And it's weather resistant, so yeah. It should be a fairly straightforward build. And yeah, I'm, nice. I'm super, super pumped. So, hundred bucks an hour—is that what you're charging? Oh, uh, uh, yeah. I'll probably do that. I'll give them mates rates. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we've got to still got to work out what I'm what I'm playing with the idea of is making it relatively cheap and not not too worry about time. It'll be materials plus a tiny bit of profit. Yeah. Time's not an issue. I know we've talked about this in the past that you've got to be careful because if you start too low and then you start jacking up, then people are like, hang on, what happened? But at the same time, I think I'm still new enough that I need to be adopting a very defensive approach and, and being as cheap as possible. Yeah, I mean, definitely err on the side of caution when it comes to it, but don't also don't skimp yourself out of what your time is worth. Like, this is the one thing where so many people would fail is that they don't value their time as much as they should. So you're Mm. definitely going to underestimate how much time it takes to build something. So you have to price the kind of profit on the assumption that you're going to be making a loss on time. Mm. Maybe not on money, but on time. Um, I would say... And then remember that if you go to like a skilled skilled tradesman who has a workshop somewhere, they're, they're not going to do anything for less than 90 bucks an hour, especially in Queensland. Really? As much as that? Oh, yeah. Like you go to anyone Jeez. which has just a bit of high vis on in a workshop, it's 90 bucks an hour just to walk in that door. Hmm. So, you know, don't, don't sell yourself short, but also don't sell yourself stupid. Don't think, oh, this is an A-frame. <laughs> this is totally worth $9,000. Like don't, yeah. don't be an idiot, but also... I wouldn't, I wouldn't be pricing yourself so low that just so you're guaranteed the job. Mm. I've just seen Nick in the, in the um, comments said, uh, I took the plunge a year ago, part-time, and I just went full-time a week ago. That's awesome. That's yeah. a really cool story to hear. That's the stories that I want to hear more of because I'm hoping to do the same thing eventually. Well, if you want, if you, want you can come over to WA. You can take over this shop. I'll get the one next door. And, um... Yeah. Yeah, we, we, we can go into competition against each other. So then you just make sure that you push your prices up so I get business on the one, and yeah, then I'll push my it. prices, and then you get the business on the other. Every, every um, second table, we just... Uh... I'm sure there's some kind of collusion fraud act against people doing that. Yeah. Have you seen our politics? I'm sure it's fine. <laughs> so, all right, well, um, let's get on to tonight's topic. Uh, we've got about half an hour to get through it. And Mm -hmm. it's not really too much of a topic tonight. What I wanted to do was touch on the the reason we're bringing this to an end, upcoming potential upcoming changes. And if there was anything that we've gone through over the last 38 episodes, you know, we can talk about it. So to start off with, we are mostly bringing this season to an end because between the three of us... Joey, it's all Joey's fault. (laughs) Between the three of us, our lives have changed so drastically over the 38 weeks or however many weeks it is Mm. that we just, we, we can't keep this up anymore. I've just had a kid. Joey's had a second kid. John's had massive business changes. We're just not, the three of us aren't connecting very well, which is again, unfortunately why Joey couldn't make it tonight. So because of that, one of the, the things that we're looking at is, is restructuring how we do this, this live show. I guess the goal for us is to keep the three of us in one place talking and creating a podcast. But this time frame right now, it's just not working. Yeah, it's it's a very difficult time. I mean, for me, it's just at the end of the day. And the reason I was late is that I had a customer in here until five Mm. to five, which is... You know, which is my open hours. I couldn't get angry at them for being here, but (laughs) it is a very difficult time, especially if it's during the week 
for me. And yeah. then Joey, he's doing it at 9 p.m. his time, which mm. with he's got two bubs, that's, that's a lot of work for his wife to handle on her own after a full day of it. So. Yeah, so that, that's one of the things. The other thing as well is the... <laughs> and anyone who's been in the chat over the last month or so will know that the technology, this Google Hangouts, has oh, just been letting us down. rubbish. Big time. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was amazing until we changed days from Thursday to Tuesday, and for some reason that just caused it to have a hernia, and now we are, you know, we are having sinking issues and, and, and dropouts and whatnot. So we need to look at a different platform. Um, that's probably going to be one of the biggest things I think that we're going to look at. Yeah. And the, probably the last thing then is just we want to try and, I guess, change things up a bit so it's not just the same show every single week. Hmm. Yeah. Introduce some different things. Different elements. <laughs> yeah. We've got some ideas. We've got some really cool ideas, but we really want to do, make it a case of it's the same format, hard stop, continue well you know then start something new and continue with mm. that for a while so that's what we'll be looking at doing so yeah we're going to be taking two months i reckon we'll do two months jordan yeah that's that seems about what we agreed upon yeah and then we'll just reevaluate from there and in that time we're gonna we're gonna call in a, in some r&d consultants yeah and we're gonna do some market research and check our fiscal standings and um, <laughs> probably not as much as that, but yeah, no, we we'll, the analysis is, yeah. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll try and work out some very cool stuff going forward and then we'll, we'll blow everyone's mind when we come back. We're gonna get corporate sponsors, so every 30 seconds you're gonna hear an ad break. It's gonna be great. We're gonna, be, gonna be, we're gonna be, remember ShamWow? The no? towel, oh, they're great. They're these like towels which absorb heaps of water. Right. And, and the guy that did the ad was amazing. That's, that's the ads that I'm, I'm envisioning for our channel here. <laughs> Jamwell, you can clean water. Coke that, on the pool table, no worries. That, that sort of phrase sounds very familiar. So I probably have seen it, or it's just been absorbed into my brain through clever marketing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what was the other thing? So I was talk, we we're going to talk about that. We we're going to talk about... Um, I've hit a blank now. Uh, why are we changing the show? You've out again. So we were, we were going to talk about why we are moving the show. Yeah. What was the second thing I said a second ago? Um, well, we talked about kind of things that we want to improve on and changing platform. Oh, okay. I so, just shot through all of that. I mean, that seems like all I had <laughs> brought okay. up to me before the show. <laughs> <laughs> all right. I just, yeah, I thought we were going to go into that a bit deeper, but that's right. Um, oh, we can go deeper. Uh, what keyboard and mouse are we going to use next season? Mm, mm. That's the real technology question. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. Well, one thing that I did uh, want to mention in the in uh, this week or in this this podcast that I know that I've said on the podcast before, and I've talked about it in this this um, fashion, like it was the the biggest game changer. Um, was to do with the way I finish with polyurethane on my tables. Mm-hmm. A while ago, I did a video where I talked about this. You take these um, Scotch-Brite pads and you use them. I can't remember which episode we talked about this, but I know I definitely talked about it, where you take a mixture of wipe-on poly mm-hmm. and terps. You mix the two into a very, very thin mixture, and you use that as a final coat for um, finishing like a tabletop. I can't remember which episode it was, but I, I know I've talked about it. Anyway, I've tried to do it since then because at that time I was doing it, I was finishing something and it turned out amazing. And I think I might've just got lucky on that. Um, and so yeah. I, just wanted to, I just wanted to mention this in <laughs> this episode because I talked about how it was the greatest thing that I've ever done. And I just want to, on the record say that I don't know if that's necessarily the way because I've tried it again since and it didn't work. The it was common thing uh, to finish your finish is with mineral oil or baby oil and turps. And you do the same thing with Scotch-Brite. 
and that way you kind of use the oil and to lubricate but also mm. give it a little bit, bit of uh what's the word i'm looking for but let's just say shine that's not the word i want but that's another way to do it and then you don't have that stickiness i think because i think what i what i've in my mind what i envisioned was i was taking one of those scotch bright pads putting it under my orb, random orbit sander and running it over as sort of the final coat so i'd put on about three coats of poly and then I'd run that over and that would, that would cut through the finish and fill the finish at the same time. That mm-hmm. was what I saw in my head, like that was the logic. But I think what I might have just been doing was just sanding up the finish to a, a really high, you know, using, using the, 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 the mm. Scotch-Brite to sand it, which is what you would normally do. So all that palaver about putting in the turps and the, the poly and all of that, didn't need to do any of that. Just put on three coats, wait for it to dry, and go over it with a Scotch Brite and save yourself the mess that, <laughs> that all of that caused. Because it was just—you can imagine a random orbit sander vibrating and spinning with yeah. with Flinging just stuff everywhere. Everywhere. So yeah. Anyway, I just—I really wanted to put that on record to say that if, <laughs> if there's anyone out there following me and they can't understand why they aren't getting these amazing <laughs> results, that's probably why. And that is Robin's public service announcement. I'm <laughs> <laughs> um, just having a look in the comments here. Uh, all the best. And however you guys decide on the format and content of Series 2, stay positive, all three of you, from Don. Thanks, Don. Thank uh, you, Don. Yeah, the idea is this is going to be we want to improve on all fronts. We want to make this a better podcast. We want to improve the content. So hopefully when we come back, it'll be, it'll be good for everyone. Yeah. No, I think I think it's going to be a good change, but not so drastic that you don't recognise it. Obviously, yeah, we're all going to grow beards. Yeah, <laughs> um, I've already got a, a a guest lined up, a very cool guest lined up for next season, and I'm so excited to have this guy. I'm not going to give too much away, but he's <laughs> a very prominent woodworking figure here in Townsville. Is it? I don't know. Well, I'm not going to give it away. So if you I, I don't know what anyone in Townsville. No. <laughs> <laughs> I could make it um, up. Oh, that's Rodney, isn't it? Yeah, Rodney from down the road on uh, Sawmill Terrace. That is such a cool Australian name, Rodney. Rodney. <laughs> Speaking of, of figures, did you see uh, Timbercon, your mate's, uh, the YouTube channel? Uh, I, maybe. Didn't you, didn't yeah. you, didn't you meet the, the guy who did, what Jesse, was his name? Yeah, yeah, yeah so he put out a video. One. Yeah, he put out a, a video this week about vices, which yeah, I thought was really good. Like, I didn't realize that there was so much technology that goes into vices. Well, like, in, you, you, I asked the question of, <laughs> how do I, can I use my, my vice for chiseling into? And clearly, I know nothing about them. After watching this video, I'm not surprised. The, uh, the funny thing that happened, I probably shouldn't say this, but I'm going to because he told me and now, now I'm going to tell you. Is well, if, when, if it's going to ruin our reputation, no, I would no, rather you didn't. Ru- it's not going to ruin our reputation or his or anyone. But when I first met Jesse, we were having a chat about the armor clamps, you know, the self-adjusting clamps they've just got in, like the toggle clamps, but you don't have to do anything. Mm. And he said um, the fir- when they went to shoot that video, the first box that they opened to take a demo piece out, it fell apart in their hands. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, hey, that's quality. And I just oh, laughed. So it, could, it, could have, it could have just been a lemon. Oh, yeah, exactly. Like, there's, they've had next one was fine and everything at the show was fine. But it's, it was just kind of funny hearing that the vice specialist opens up this self-adjusting essentially <laughs> bench top bias and it falls apart it's great i've just got this image of just 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 pieces just, yeah. just going everywhere as it comes out of the box um talking about vices my uh oh, well not not vices not clamping my quick clamps yes are not clamping anymore like they you know those those ones that you squeeze yeah yeah, yeah. are those prone to just failing have you got uh, i usually have one laying around the table have you got the extra like heavy duty version with the no, blue no, and silver these, these are pretty el cheapo okay um, yeah the, the cheap Bunnings, crappy yeah. ones yes that's pretty common it gets to like a certain pressure and then it just doesn't do anything is that what you're experiencing yeah so you squeeze it and i can see it going forward and then it's just then stops. it just backs up and it goes yeah. forward and backs up it doesn't lock in that 
Yeah, that's pretty common on those ones. The, the extreme edition or whatever they call it, the they blue and blue and silver, hard to miss, and they look heavy oh, duty. Those are really good. Isn't it? Yeah, they're the Earl ones. I've never had an issue with those ones, but I have with the standard duty ones. Basically, it's the, the black and orange um, craft right. Yeah, yeah, those that sort of any of that style will have that issue. The mm. ones that I did see at the wood show, which looked really good, were. I think they were DeWalt. They were yellow anyway. But, God, they looked good. They were quick action, squeezed together clamps. But, yeah, you put them on and you just kept hold, like, keep squeezing and it just gets harder and harder until you crack the wood. It's, it was really impressive. Oh. I must say, that's, like, I don't use, I don't use um, uh, quick clamps very often. But when... I do want, when I do need them, geez, I miss, don't have, because as mm -hmm. I say, these ones that I've got, they're just, they're just not working, so I don't use them. But when I do need them, geez, I miss them. I've mainly, I mainly use the F-styles, and I find if I'm clamping something together, as soon as I turn that clamp, the, the two boards miss, which I'm, yeah. I'm guessing is pretty, or they, they move, yeah. pretty common. But quick clamps don't do that, do they? No, I mean, they kind of have a more parallel mechanism, so when you are clamping, they move in a more parallel style, so it's not as bad. The, the, the like, F clamps, especially, like, I think the more expensive ones, like, I've got a two or three Bessie ones, the extra, the extreme heavy-duty ones, and those are really good because they've actually got, like, a ball bearing in the foot, so even if you rotate and you have heaps of pressure going into it, it doesn't twist that foot but I do find with all my other ones which are generic uh, F clamps as soon as you get a little bit of pressure that foot starts to want to bind and twist with the screw so yeah. that doesn't help you get that torsion yeah yeah geez that's annoying when you you know you're doing that and it's just you're going you're going you're going and then it moves oh and yeah. so you've got to on on the four corners or whatever you've got to just slightly adjust this one and then slightly yeah, adjust this one. tap tap oh drives me mad Drives you mad. My, uh, um, my big issue now with talking about clamps is that I've got a whole rack of clamps and F clamps and sash clamps and parallel clamps and everything. I can't use any of them for surfboards. <laughs> Sorry. What? I mean, they just not like they don't they don't make sense uh, to use in this application. You know the cheap spring clamps that you squeeze together. Those, those yeah. are the best things for it. And I I had like three of them, so I, I went out and bought a couple of bags and whatnot but yeah there's a lot of stuff which you just don't think about when you're doing this like, crap i need to get yeah, a whole new swag of clamps because oh, where would even the squeeze clamps where would you be using them uh the squeeze clamps uh when you're putting the frame together and gluing it like you hold everything together when you put the rails on it holds the rails up against the ribs um mm. basically all that laminating and then as you're putting your deck on, you're also using them to squeeze it down to conform to the contours and whatnot as well. Ah, okay. I would have thought you would only be using the bag there. That would be the only way to do it. Oh, for me, yeah. So when I'm going to make a board for someone, I'm going to vacuum bag. But I'm on the assumption that 85% of people that are interested in doing this aren't interested in spending $1,000 on a vacuum bag setup. Yeah. So I want to I make it you know, pretty accessible to just a bag of cheap plastic clamps. And, you know, the whole idea is making it that anyone can do this. So, mm, mm. so Jim's pretty much summed it up there down at the bottom. You get what you pay for. I don't know, the dropout. So do, 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 do. It's, um, yeah. And, and the thing is, like, I bought those, those cheap craft rights, quick clamps, knowing that they were cheap and that they were going to be a bit rubbish. But I, what does irk me is when, like, the, the product doesn't do what it's supposed to do. I can understand it not doing it well, but not doing, you know, a clamp is supposed to clamp. And if it can't clamp, then it's completely, you know, it's not doing its job. Well, but, yeah, absolutely, absolutely, Jim, I, I agree with you. You pay, you get what you pay for. A lot, a lot of the Chinese clamps actually in the instructions don't say they're clamping they say they're cramping with an r <laughs> like honestly the instructions all say when you when you cramp together <laughs> man you got to eat some bananas that potassium will get to you yeah, Come I was on, gonna monkeys say, don't cramp the, the double entendre there is amazing 
It was, yeah, it's good. I like it. So, over the next two months, uh, what do you reckon, where do you reckon you're going to be? Because we probably won't talk to each other, because it's not like we're friends or anything. Yeah, we, so, hate, we hate each other. Um, yeah. <laughs> where are you going to be when we come back? Well, if all goes to plan, I am going to be a full-time surfboard creator. Mm. Um, so, my... This is a really new venture for me because I've never actually really done anything where I sell a product. It's always been a service of some description. Um, and this is something that's really new. So there's a lot of potential for it. Like I can sell, I can sell four kits and I'll be making way more than I've been making every month right. for the last year just by selling four kits. Mm. Um, so as long as you know, as long as my marketing strategy is is solid and that everything kind of gets up and running, which I think it will. I mean, I'm feeling damn positive about this whole this entire thing. Um, I have a feeling that life is going to be pretty damn good. Like it's not going to be an overnight thing, but as long as I can generate two to four customers every month, I'm not going to be going under. I, cool. I think, and and the fact that it's a national thing that I'm doing with the entire frame kit, like so you can you can buy a kit with all the polonia, the frame, um, and the fiberglass cloth. Yeah, you'd have to supply the resins because of freight restrictions, but you can buy mm. that, and I can send it anywhere in Australia. Like that's a pretty cool thing to be able to ship around. It's not just frame kits anymore. So just by doing this plan, my profit margin's gone from you know potential of. 20 grand a year of, of profit into $130,000 credit wow. of profit per year. That's not, that's not gross. That's actual profit. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I honestly, I don't know, but I have a good feeling about where we're going to be. It's going to be sunny. I'm going to be out in the water. I'm going to be working, doing fun stuff with people, sharing my passion with actual, not that sharing my stuff with YouTube isn't like sharing my passion, but there's a different stoke you get from sharing it online and getting positive comments and a different and it's a lot different to having someone come into this space build something with their bare hands and have that smile on their face when they finally have yeah, it under their absolutely. arm and walk out of here you know like absolutely. it's going to be a pretty cool thing um but yeah i mean i don't i don't want to say too much to jinx it though like mm. there's a lot of pipeline stuff but two months it's not that shorter time uh, it's not that long a time it's still pretty short so i had we might just be starting to like roll with it by then mm. but we'll see and you, you look you? you look pumped you look super excited about oh. it and hopefully that will that so, i mean especially considering what it was like a couple of weeks ago when we were talking on the podcast yeah. hopefully that energy will you know not not to sound too hippy dippy but that energy will Pr proliferate with you know through all the people that you talk to about it and oh, yeah. you know that's how it'll start i totally agree like um you know i have a, a mentor of sorts which is saying that you know you put positive out there you get positive in return and every time mm. i'm feeling down i say oh get stuffed you hippie bastard but it's the truth you put positive vibes out it comes in the other day yeah. i had my door open which is you know over there and uh, I had three people who were visiting my neighbours getting jobs done or picking up coffee or whatever uh, just walk in and say, oh, man, I love your boards. What, what do you do? You sell these? And I'm like, oh, well, this is what I'm doing. You know, not quite set up just yet. I tape mm. down the frame kit shops. Oh, that's awesome. I'm going to I'm, I'm have to get me one of these. Mm. That's never happened. Like, I've never just had people walk into my shop and start picking stuff up. There's never been a it. conversation piece. Yeah, so I um, I'm really excited for it. And I think lifestyle is going to benefit a lot from it. You know, having mm. a standard hours, I'm not going to fall into the trap of doing 7 a.m. till 9 p.m. ever again mm. to, to not make money. Like that, that's yeah, the fact yeah, of it. Where it's I not would, beneficial. Mm. Yeah, like I was doing those hours to break even, not to make money. So, yeah, I'm, I'm feeling pretty pumped. I went for a run down on the beach uh, to th this evening. And I saw a guy coming up with one of those, and I was like, ah, oh, I know where you, I'm, I should have said to him, I know where you can get an even better board. Yeah. You want to make one of them? You could yeah. hire out, how about you hire out your, uh, your shop in Townsville, and I ship the kits to you, and you run the mm. workshops there. 
I make a little commission. This is called a Commerce 101. That's right. You, you'll get $3 per, per completed item. Yeah. No, I mean, I'm, I'm stoked. What, what about you? You're obviously getting clients with mm. lining up now, so that's pretty exciting. Well, that's what I'm hoping for over the next... So this, this person who I did the table for, the person that they know, they work together for a small uh, naturopath Naturopath, that's the word? Naturopath, yeah, I'm not sure how to pronounce it, but... Um, but it's one of these, these, well, these wellness, like, uh, centres. So there's three of them. They've all got different, um, like, I think reflexology is one of them, all those different types of yeah. uh, skills. And so because I'm making work, or because I'm getting work for a business, it's not a, it's not a person who wants a, t- a dining table, I'm getting work for a business, I'm hoping that that will spread it faster i mean i could be wrong but i'd hope that 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 would get my work out there quicker yeah because it's not just stuck in someone's house it's going to be it's literally going to be on the streets yeah exactly so it will take off quicker cross fingers no i think it's i mean if you can get something like that for your first well you know first couple of jobs anyway Mm. you're you're kind of asking for it you get a lot of traffic that way as well it's not just sitting in someone's house it's sitting out in the public realm so yeah so hopefully i'll be getting more business in that regard the other thing as well is just um time you know Mm -hmm. it's i'm I'm really struggling to juggle i've you you know we talked about how our lives have become very busy i've suddenly got very busy at work i have a child and now i've got clients who want me to so everything's just ramped up and it's not to say that I won't be able to do it. I've, I've just got to, I've just got to, I've got to structure like a mofo and yeah. get this all, get this all lined up. And I'm still kind of working it out. I'm still trying to, trying to figure it out. But yeah, that's going to be a, be a bit of a challenge over mm. the next couple of weeks. I think it'll be fairly easy. Come on, <laughs> positivity and all that. Yeah, no, it, and that's, and that's why I say I'm not. I'm, it's cert, it's certainly not. Um, I'm not upset about it it's just you know you you go through life and stuff happens and you yeah. work through it and and you keep going so i've just got to just got to work out how i'm going to play all of these things at the same time mm. i'm also quite keen um to get a couple more tools for the shop <coughs> table saw <coughs> table saw we've talked about <laughs> the other one as well is going to be a um one of these air cleaners you know, oh, these, yeah. these room air cleaners. Timbercon has a very cool mm. unit, just looking at the specs. Do you think that that's a worthwhile tool to have for someone like me who's not in my shop every day, or is it just, is it just overkill? How big is your sh- I mean, yeah, I think anything that gets your air going cleaner is a good idea. I mean, in a shop like mine, it just doesn't make sense because the ceiling's so high and the amount of air that's in here would not get cycled through it fast enough. But for you... Mm. I mean, you, there's two things that those are really good at. So once you get like a proper dust collector in there with a, you know, the felt bags on the top, it will take care of all the dust that passes through that. But for you who currently is using like shop backs and stuff with high velocity air coming out of it, it will probably be beneficial in that regards too, because that does blow up a lot of dust off the floor and off the wall and Mm. and all of that. So yeah, I mean, anything that takes care of your health is a good idea. I was doing the sanding for this, um, um, for the the coffee table and just the hand sanding. I don't know if it's because my ceiling in in here is so low. I mean, this it's, I think it's about 2.1 or 2.2 meters. So Mm. it's really low. low, I'm quite lucky that I'm a short guy, but (laughs) just the smallest amount of of movement and it's it's just all it's up Mm. and and it's it's everywhere so that's why i'm i really want to get it the problem is because it's so low i need to put this in a corner so i don't end up with just dents in this corner on the sides of my head i have seen people mount them under benches and stuff i don't know how effective they are down there though yeah no well i'm thinking right i've got a a beam that runs right through the center and i can Mm -hmm. probably hook it on there um, it'll sort of be out of the way, or I put it right next to my my aircon, my big AC unit, oh, so yeah. that it stops the you know the dust getting into that. Um, just having a look at Barry, uh, I do not have a dust extractor. I use a small shop vac and a dust mask, 
and that's it. Uh, it's, I've, I've thought about getting, and I know we've talked about on the show previously about me getting one of those. Uh, is it a three horsepower, the one with the one bag and the... Uh, no, I think the one with the one bag is either a one and a half or two horse, depending on mm. who make it. The three horsepower is the two bit twin bag. Oh, okay. Um, I've, talked, I've thought about getting those, but because I'm not running, because I'm in the shop every day, and because of the tools that I have, I mean, I've got my jointer has a hundred mil hose. Nothing, nothing else does. Mm. Uh, oh, sorry, my thicknesser as well. It just to, for me to get that just seems like I've just got a very elaborate and expensive vacuum cleaner, and so my shop vac does does pretty well. I would say like once you get a table saw, you'll probably benefit from a dust extractor, mm. um, just because of that. The dust extractor is high volume at low pressure, so it does a lot more with the the finer particles. It kind of sucks it in around it, whereas with the shop backs, they're more high velocity, um, and sometimes miss that that dust that's kind of spraying out to the side. Mm. But really, I mean, you, it's not like you have a huge have a huge space to sweep at the end of the day. It's just yeah, you, know, you do it. You're done in five minutes. So. And I, was, I, was, I mean, having said that, the, the, the price of those, those, um, those uh, dust collectors, that's not actually too bad. I mean, it's a few hundred bucks. Yeah. I mean, it's, it is a few hundred bucks. But, you know, if I was to do the, the ceiling mount and the, the dust, ex mm. the, you know, it, it really wouldn't, it wouldn't, take me too back. It wouldn't take me too far back. And AdSense has been pretty kind to me over the last couple of months. So I've got, right? a nice, a nice, yeah, I've got a nice little nest egg sitting there to, to spend. Um, so yeah, it might be a worthwhile investment. <laughs> oh, uh, what was I? I had something on. Oh yeah, that's right. Uh, Hafco's dust collector cyclone combo. Like they they sell it as a single bag dust collector and a metal cyclone. Like that that would be an awesome thing to get for a one man shop because then you don't have mm. to. You just you empty a small bin every week instead of waiting for bags to fill up, and then you're not worrying about lugging bags out every week and for someone like you that you're saying you're not in there every week um sorry every i'm day. missing this i thought i thought most of the dust extractors just had a bag and then it just you just take yeah. the bag out empty the bag and yeah that's and, right so, so that, that's like standard and then there's a deal that hafco make which comes with a metal cyclone so it's like a it's a dust separator so it keeps it out of the dust collector and puts it into a smaller metal drum keeps your filters cleaner and ah uh, uh, okay right i'm with you yeah. so it separates the finer particles from the big ones and then okay mm. okay yeah see this is all the stuff i like I, I i've never looked into this i've just graduated <laughs> from hobbyists so <laughs> I, i'm i'm still coughing up planks of wood from my lungs so yeah i haven't really got to that conversation yet um all right well it looks like we've reached time is anything more you want to talk about? Uh, we didn't. We didn't worry about what we're watching this week because, just as I say, yeah, crazy. You know, um, yeah, I, I actually cannot think. Oh, uh, William Walker put out a very cool video on um, a, a dining table with some. Uh, what are the? What are, is it? Pedestal legs. We've got the two solid ones. Yeah. Where he basically glued oh, together. Trestle. Could be. Yeah. He glued together a tree trunk, basically. <laughs> it was massive. And stuck it on his lathe and stood back and thought, if this comes off, like, it's going to take my head off. Yeah, it was a pretty pretty cool video, and I always enjoy Will's videos. <laughs> yeah, he's always got some pretty good cinematography style as well. Yeah. Cool. cool. Um, oh, yeah, thank you. Um, I've completely forgot about... In October, middle of October, is oh, the yeah. Wood Dust... Um, Wood Expo. I'm doing a talk on the Friday morning. Friday morning, that's right. Getting my dates right. <laughs> so it's, I, I can't remember the exact date, but if you search Wood Dust, you'll find it. I'm doing a talk on the Friday about starting a YouTube channel as a woodworker. If you want to learn how to do it, the pros, the cons, the gear you need, um, what's involved, that sort of thing, I'm doing a, a talk. And um, I'm going to try and plan a meetup. With, with any YouTubers in the area. I haven't got to that yet. Um, I'm just sorting out some of the details with the organizer about when we can put it on.
but hopefully, you know, we will be able to organize something. And if you are a woodworker, this looks like it's gonna be a fantastic wood show. So even if we don't do a meetup, I would still definitely, um, definitely come along because it looks like it's gonna be a, mm. a real a real good show. So that's, it's the middle of October. I think it's, I think it starts on the 14th, it's 14th or 15th. It's the Wednesday through to the Sunday. Yeah. So come along and say hi. Yeah, it does sound like a really, probably one of the best shows that Australia is gonna put on for, as far as wood shows go. Mm. Did you meet Did you meet John while we were at Mulaney? I met a lot of people. Yes. <laughs> I, I think you might have. That was just before we left, so I think it might have just been Joey and I that, that right. met him at the Wood Dust stand. Yeah, maybe. I can't. I don't. I can't say I remember, but mm. that isn't rare for me. <laughs> <laughs> cool. All right, everyone. Well, thank you very much for watching. This is the last episode for a couple months. We will keep the the, the Discord uh, server running. We'll keep the Facebook page running. And as soon as we're ready to go back online, we'll let everyone know. Yeah. And um, but until then, you know, we basically we'll keep all the social channels open. So if you've got any questions, comments, please feel free to shoot them our way. Mm -hmm. But other than that, Jordan, anything you want to end off on? No, just uh, thank you for a fun 38 weeks. It was, yeah, it, yeah, that was good. <laughs> Summed up, nice, nice Chew, chewing the fat, there. chewing the fat with other woodworkers can't be, can't be that bad, can it? <laughs> yeah. So thanks, thanks for a good season, and um, yeah, we'll see you guys again soon for season two. Yeah, catches.